God's got the best for your life. Don't settle for anything less. You may have to wait longer, but it's far better to wait and get God's will than to be impulsive and just, I don't know. Isn't it easy to just be impulsive and flesh out? Yeah, and just do what you think or do what you feel or do what, just, just all of that. But come on, stay the course. Stay in faith and believe for the best. I'm really excited about what I'm preaching today. It was what I was going to preach last week. So it's been ruminating for an extra seven days. Sounds good, doesn't it? Anybody into ruminating? Marinating. Anybody into marinating? Yeah, steady on that one. But um, last Sunday, you know, I was going to preach this last Sunday, but it was just one of those Sundays. I've had so many people say that they just had such an encounter with God and just the time. There are times to just sit in God's presence. I know we did a lot more than that, but, but you know what? Don't ever underestimate what God wants to do. Let's be ready in season and out of season. Let's just be open to whatever God wants. I don't want to, you know, you know, think it's thundered, but actually God was speaking. You know what? Let's be sensitive to his spirit. But um, incredible things taking place. But I believe the best is yet to come. And, um, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, just to dangle a carrot. The best is coming. The best is coming. But, you know, I do believe in hope. The Bible speaks about hope a lot, earnest expectation, expecting good things to happen. Why? Because we got great promises from God. Fantastic. Turn to someone, give them an elbow somewhere and say, take the high ground. Now, come on, put a smile on your face. That might have hurt a little bit. So let's get over that and let's, let's turn to someone. Let's put a big smile and say, take the high ground. Okay, as I've been thinking about this... Um, God has the high life for us. There's so many promises in the Bible that we're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That's not a promise, that's a fact, actually. Um, you know, some things are promises, some things are fact, and that is a fact. We are the head, we are not the tail, we are above only, we are not beneath. So God has got the high ground. In fact, he said, the Lord Jesus Christ said, you can read this in the Gospels, says, if you get rid of the low life, I don't know if you've ever been called a lowlife. Anybody don't own up to it. It's not a nice thing to be called. You lowlife. Not a pleasant thing to be called. Um, I don't think I've ever been called a lowlife. I've been called lots of things in my time. But, but you know, the Bible's really clear. Get rid of the lowlife. But he said, if you get rid of the lowlife, you'll live the high life. And the high life is not just about party, party, party. The high life is about relationship with God. And as a direct result of that, we live above every circumstance. We live above every plan of the enemy. We trample on serpents and scorpions. We live in the harvest and not in the lack and insufficiency. We live above situations, not beneath. Oh, Pastor Jay, I feel really under the weather. Well, get rid of the weather and start to live the high life, Amen. Live in the high places of the earth. There's a, a great, a great um, uh, verse in the Bible. It says that God will cause us to live and ride on the high places of the earth. It's not talking about God's going to you know, get you to live on Mount Everest or something. It's talking about, about how we live our lives. But have you ever wondered why 
You find out God's will for your life and there it is. It's all set out, God's promises, which you can find from the Bible and you're spending time in prayer and God confirms something to you and it's like, wow, that's God's best for my life. That's the high life. And then all of a sudden, it's as if all hell breaks loose. It's as if you hit the chaos or the confusion or you, you know, I love the songs we were singing earlier. I get so excited. I had, I've only heard that a couple of times. It's like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, man. I just, that just does something to me. Don't just go, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, come on, let a river out. Let a, you've got a voice, not just words. You've got a voice, not just words. Voice isn't just about the words you speak. It's about letting something out of you. It's like, yeah! Something comes out. It can be a, yeah, woo! There's got to be something come out of our voice. And something, No, come on, let a river out. It may not be your culture. It may not be your personality, but it's certainly the Spirit of God. And it's certainly something on the inside. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, something comes out. Your faith comes out. Rivers come, isn't that right blessing? What a great name you have. What a great name you have. Blessing. If anybody should be going, Oh, whoa, with a name like Blessing. If anybody should be going, whoa, whoa, it's you. It's you. Oh, whoa. Oh, man. Anybody called Joy here today? Any Joys? What a name. What a name. Name, what a name! Oh, whoa, oh, whoa! Anybody called faith? Anybody called faith in the house? Are you called faith? You got your hand up? I don't know. I love your hand up, but I don't think you called faith. I know we got some faiths in the place. I don't know. My name's. Julian, which means youthful. If anybody should be singing, oh, uh, it should be somebody young at heart. Amen. Wow. But I love the song. It's more than just, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. It's more than that. It's gone, gone. Now my sin is dead and gone. Flipping it. That's just boom. That's what this is all about. I'm no longer dead in sin. I'm alive in Christ. I'm no longer in darkness. I'm in the light and I am the light. Dear God, if that doesn't stir something, I'm not going to threaten. Dear God, this this is who we are. This is stirring something on the inside. And we're to live from that place of victory. And we're to live from that place of excitement. And we're to live from that place of forgiveness. That I am the righteousness of God. 
started singing that my body doesn't do what I want it to do dear God it, I, I want to fly Superman I'm wearing the white fronts I tell you I'm with air my body one day it's gonna do what I want it to do when I leap I mean I'm like a pogo sticker I just start praising God I don't give a rip who wins the World Cup. I don't care who wins the five nations. I don't care who runs the gold or does whatever. But I do love a King of Kings and a Lord of Lords who's done everything for me. And I can't sit and be quiet. I just start praising God and I get stirred up on the inside because I'm saved and because I'm healed and because I'm delivered. Something stirs up on the inside of me. I'm as excited today as the night I came down with my orange hair and my makeup and my chains and my bondage gear and my magic mushrooms and my LSD and my cocaine and my sulfate and my amyl nitrate and my weed and came up the front and gave my life to Jesus. I'm as excited today. And thank God. Thank God His mercy is new every day, every day, because I've goofed up, goofed up so many times. But that's why I can still sing, my sin is dead and gone. And I am the righteousness of God. It's what this is all about. But you, you know, you get this stuff and I'm going to see a victory. And then you walk straight into chaos. You walk straight into darkness. You walk straight into challenge. You start saying, I'm the righteousness of God, that righteousness will be challenged. You start saying, I believe I've received my healing. My days of sickness are over. And you're going to walk straight into a test, which is going to test, do you really want it? Or is this just a nice buzz on a Sunday? Is this something you're going to fight for? Is this something you're going to live? Is this something you're going to bring other people into? Or is this just going to be a nice little doctrine on a Sunday? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to prove this in my life. That's the Word of God and that's what I'm going to have. You start saying my needs are met and you walk straight into a situation of financial challenge. Even God Himself experienced this. Even God Himself experienced this. There is the Son of the living God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I love the fact he's from South East London. I'm well pleased in this. And the anointing comes down. Goes straight into the desert. Bam, bam, bam. Trying to destroy that which God had just declared. But even God himself, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. We're going to read some stuff here. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. If you've been part of academy, we've been going through a whole load of stuff about the authority of the believer. <laughs> but here we have a situation, God created everything, perfect, wonderful, amazing, excellent, outstanding and by verse 2 we have chaos. God didn't create it in a mess. And I'm not going you know, to explain what happened between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. It's a whole load of stuff took place in that one little verse gap. 
But God created everything and said, this is my plan A. This is my best. This is, my, this is it. This is perfection. And by verse 2, everything is in chaos, confusion, and there is darkness. God is light, and yet there's darkness. What the heck is going on? Oh, Pastor Jay, you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, well, it's the same stuff that God went through. God created everything perfect, and all of a sudden, wham, he's got darkness to deal with. He's got something to deal with. His creation was challenged. His best was challenged. Void. There was, it was formless. It was, one version says, it was like it was just chaotic. I don't know if you've ever been through chaos. You think, oh, for the easy life. <laughs> oh, for the easy life. Just, can't I just have one day that's without confusion and without challenge? No, because if whoever wants to live a life that shines and a life of the high life, you're going to be challenged on every front. Every front. See, God experienced the same thing. So we're going to find out today, what did God do? Anybody want to know what God did? Because what God does, we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. What did God do? Number one, God hovered. God hovered. Everybody say, God hovered. Okay. Verse two, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters or the face of the flood or the face of the mess. Spirit of God was hovering. I love the fact that God was not down inside the mess going, oh, I can't see the wood for the trees. But he was hovering above it. He was hovering above it. I used to, when I first became a Christian 30-something years ago, 32 years ago, um, I was part of a, a great church not far from here. And, and every time the pastor, Pastor George, would say, would say, let's pray, there was a guy in the church, a guy called Carl. He's not the Carl who's here, but there was a young guy, Carl. He was about 18 or 19 at the time. And if ever they said, let's pray, he did this. Everyone else is like, sort of like this. This is a long time ago. A few people would have been like this. No one was like, Yarabodaka. Oh, whoa. No one was doing that back then. But it was like, it was like sort of more gentle. There was some passion there. But he did sort of get this. Like this. And he put this look on his face. And we used to, I used to, I just have to forgive me. I used to find it really funny. It was like, but you know, I don't know. Perhaps he was experiencing Isaiah 40. Mount up with wings as an eagle. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but he was certainly stirred up to pray. And he was hovering. <laughs> We're not going to be doing this tonight. So it's not a new way to pray, all right? <laughs> Teach you a new way to pray. But there's something about hovering above the situation. About stepping out from the mess and onto something more solid. Any Star Wars fans in the house? Oh, what is wrong? Any Star Wars fans in the house? Yeah. Yay! Okay. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Just great. And I was thinking about what I'm preaching today, thinking how can we best understand what God really wants for us to be above and to take the high ground. And I was thinking about that amazing scene where it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
There was somebody here in the first service. I hadn't spoken to him before, perhaps once. And I said, hi, what's your name? He said, Obi. I said, mate, this, t- this today's been for you. Today's been for you. I said, this is prophetic. You were meant to be here. I said, you were meant, you were meant to be here. Uh, hilarious. Obi, anybody here called one? Put you, put you guys together. Anyway, and there's, and there's Obi-Wan who has trained Anakin. Anakin? Anakin, no. Anakin Skywalker. But Anakin, he turns into Darth Vader. Ooh. <laughs> I know that sounds like Sharon in bed sleeping, but I don't know. I am your father. It's good, though, isn't it? It's good, it's good, it's good. So there he is. And there's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there's the lake of fire. Do you remember the rivers of fire, the lake of fire? And it's before Anakin, you know, he'd already given himself over to the dark side. (laughs) He'd already done that on the inside of him. But he hadn't turned into Darth Vader yet. So there they are on these, and they're hovering. You see, I know what I'm doing. Come on. They're hovering on these like hoverboard things, but they're big rocks. Are they rocks that they've they've zapped with the force? I'm looking at you because you know everything about Star Wars. Is it like a machine? It's a machine. So they're on these hovering machines, and there they are. uh, No, come on. I need to do this better than than you're responding. And the light's on. I know you can't see it, but it's on. Oh. Oh, man. I'm getting in this today. This is awesome. No, it's not sword fighting, is it? And there's Anakin. Neto, you're going to be Anakin. Come on, let's give it up for Anakin. Let's give it up. Come on, quick, quick, quick. We've got to get... Now, I want you to stand right there. Right there, and I want you to hover. I want you to hover. Hover. Come on, you're hovering. Uh, I'll tell you what, now, he needs a lightsaber. I'm sorry, I haven't got another lightsaber. I haven't got another lightsaber. So you're going to have to use... Listen, you're not going to have the same weapon that I've got. There's no way. I've got the sword of the Spirit here. So, here we are. Sure, sure. No one? Yeah. We're sword fighting. It should be. He's awesome, isn't he? Come up this way. So, and we're hovering. We're both on unstable ground, yeah? We're both on this. Now, the power of the force is amazing. So it's keeping me there. And he's using it as well, even though he's on the dark side. So, here we are. Now, he says, it's over for you, my master. It's over for you, my master. Oh, man. I'm getting scared here. I'm thinking, is it over? 
It could be a doctor's report. It could be a financial thing. It could be a marriage. It could be your kids. So I'll say it again. It's over for you, mama. It's over for you, my master. Oh, but you know what? I've got a cunning plan. You know what I do? Is I leap up off of the instability and onto the rock. Come on. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. So I'm on the rock now. I'm on the rock. And you know what he says? He thinks he'll go a bit further. He says, you underestimate my power. You underestimate my power. Oh, man. (laughs) Hasn't the devil got a big mouth? Yeah? Hasn't the enemy got a big mouth? He's always shouting off as to how victorious he is, but we got to remind him that he's defeated, stripped and bound, that our God, Jesus Christ, has the keys of death, hell and the grave. So let's, okay, you underestimate, no, what is it? It's over for you, my master. It's over for you, my master. You underestimate. You have underestimated my power. Wow. And you know what I do? I say, it's over, Anakin. This is direct quote from the prophet um, Steven Spielberg. He said, George Lucas. Is it George Lucas? Steven Spielberg told George. He passed it on, secondhand revelation. Anyway, he said this. He said this. Don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. I have the high ground. And you know what he does? He does this. He does an amazing somersault. You ready for this? He does an amazing somersault. Are you floating still? Come on, don't stop. You're an actor now. You're floating. You're floating, yeah? And I, don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. He does this amazing somersault. Comes up here and I chop his legs off. So are you ready for this? Ready for And I got him. And I've chopped his legs off. Amazing. Let's give it up for Anakin Skywalker today, shall we? Thank you so much. The advantage of the high ground is unquestionable. When you have the high ground, you have everything. See, God doesn't want us on this unstable mess down here just above the lake of fire. If you remember the scene, just above the river. He wants us to get off of that instability. You see, the Holy Spirit hovered above. The Holy Spirit was above the mess. He wasn't on the same level as the mess. He wasn't down there in the darkness. Now, thank God the story of salvation is this, that for God so loved the world that Jesus Christ, who is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmity, he became flesh and he got down here with us. But in this, in this understanding here about how God uh, overcomes the enemy and, and just completely changes everything, we have got to understand we can't be playing about down there. we got to get up here on the solid ground of the rock of God's Word and on the rock of relationship with God. So very important. One of the greatest keys in life is to develop the skill of detaching yourself 
from the darkness and the mess and the chaos and the confusion and stepping up into a place where you are far above what is going on. You can't make decisions down there. I've said this to so many people over the years and I've, I've been, you know, people have said it to me so many times as well. Very well-known quote, never make life-changing decisions in the middle of a crisis. Never do it. Because the decisions being made while you're unstable, wondering what's going on, how's it going to be, and you're not seeing the situation from the place of advantage. You're seeing the, the whole situation from a place of equality. And I'm sorry, we are not on the same level as the plans of the enemy. We are far above. We are exalted. We're the head and not the tail above only and not, not beneath. See, down there in the place of instability is the place of emotion. How I feel. What I think. What's happening. How I react. All sorts of reactions go on down there. But up here, I've got stability. I've got security. I can think clearly. I can see clearly. I can make the right decisions in the right way. Something I've learned is when emails fly around or phone calls or whatever's going on, just wait. We heard it in the offering earlier. You know, either you're going to be impulsive and make a decision and it'll mean in the long term everything's compromised. Or it'll be, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just going to sit back for 24 hours, for 48 hours. I'm going to let the emotion go. When somebody has a go at you at work and you want to come straight back with your word. No, just shut your mouth right then. You know, you don't do the reply right then of the email or the text or whatever it is. Just sit back for 24 hours. Sit back for 48 hours. Let all the emotion go and get back up into that high place. And then you can make your quality decisions from a place of victory. Can I hear an amen this morning? See, today is about taking the high ground. Very quickly, four points. Number one is God hovered. How do we hover? How do we go higher? How do we go up into that high place? So many things I could say about that very quickly, but, but number one, guys, let's worship. It's never a waste of time to worship. You hear of people who, who oh, you know, I'm just so busy, I haven't got time to spend time with God. Well, that's only going to make the time that you are busy uh, just a mess. You're never too busy to bring your thoughts together and think on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving, things of a good report, things that are higher up. You're never too busy. We can always make time to get together with God and it will make all the rest of our time far more fruitful. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding now. Let's find some other people who are up here on the rock. Find some other people. Don't be trying to find other people who are like this. We need to find people that are up here with the same viewpoint, with the same, with the same advantage. Everybody wants to talk about their opinion down here. You ever been around them? Oh, yeah, everything's falling apart. 
Everybody down here talks rubbish. They talk so much stuff. You underestimate my power. Oh, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> it's over for you, my... Oh, just get a grip. Dear God. Oh, but you don't know what the doctor said. Oh, just be quiet. I've got to promise of God. Oh, but you don't know what's happening with Brexit. Oh, just shut up. My hands are in the hands of Jesus Christ. My life is, nobody can take me out of his hands in Jesus' name. I'm not, I'm not getting into discussion in the low life, in the low life, in the low level. This is where we have our conversation. Who do you talk to up here? You talk to the rock of our salvation. You talk to the Holy Ghost. You talk to wise counsel. You talk to people up here who are not shaking. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. No, these people are going, you know what? Whatever happens, we're going to the other side. Whatever happens, we're going to, whatever happens, this is going to turn around for my good. Why? Because I am the righteousness of God. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, gone gone. My sin is dead and gone. This is what happens up here. There's stability. There's certainty. There's security. Not emotionalism. So number one, God hovered. Number two, very quickly as the band comes up, God said, then God said, let there be light and there was light. Can I make this point as strong as I can make it? First words are crucial. First words are crucial. When the Lord was going over the lake to set the madman free over the other side, he didn't say, let's go for a ride. He didn't say, let's get in a boat. He said, let us go to the other side. That's what he said. Doesn't matter what happened in the middle, that word was from start to finish. That was the last word. It was the first word and the last word. When somebody came and said, your friend is, is sick. You know the first thing Jesus said? This sickness will not end in death. Bang. Now down here, they'll go, oh no, oh, panic, panic. Up here, just pull back a little bit. In fact, Jesus pulled back for another two days. I'm not knee-jerking about this. I'm not panicking about this. This will end. This will not end in death. See, last words will be the first words you said. Vitally important. Let's be people of few words, but make every word count. Few, I don't want to be having to pray for a harvest failure on most of the stuff I say. Oh, I said that and look at the harvest from that mess that I said. And I said that and look at the fruit from that mess that I said. No, I want to say the things that are going to take me through to the other side. Anybody else here today? Didn't even discuss the darkness. God, when he hovered, you know what he said? Light be. Literally in Hebrew, in our language, let there be light. He wasn't like asking a question. Light be. That's all he said. He didn't go, hey, Holy Ghost, have you ever seen this darkness before? Jesus, come here, look at this. Man alive, have you ever seen it so dark? Angels, look. He, no. 
He didn't have a discussion about how dark it was. Do you know what? There's no power in darkness. I can't go to a switch at the back and there's the light switch and right next to it is the darkness switch. You can't turn on darkness. You just remove light. You can't turn on the darkness. Darkness has no power in itself. It's just the absence of light. And what is light? Light is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and all things were created by the Word and nothing was made without the Word that was made. And in the Word was life and that life in the Word was the light of God. The Word is light. You can't turn on the darkness. You need to speak the light. See, darkness leaves when light comes in. This is why, yeah, as a church, we do push back. We do fight against, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities, and all that. So absolutely we do. But we do more shining of light than we do resisting of darkness. You with me? We do more shining of light. We do more pouring out of love than we do taking captive fear. Because love will get rid of the fear anyway. Faith will move the mountain anyway. Joy will get rid of the heaviness anyway. Oh, I bind heaviness, I bind it. No, just start rejoicing. Heaviness won't stay around. Amen. God said, God said, God said, God said. What, is, what do we want to do? We want to speak with a boldness from our heart. Speaking the truth of God's word. What's the third thing that God did? <laughs> Excuse me. God saw. Now before he ever said, light, light come, light explode on the scene. He saw the light on the inside. He is the light. So he saw it on the inside. Then he said it out of his mouth. And then it says, and God saw the light, verse 4, that it was good. Can I say this? You've got to see the positive opportunity in everything. Got to see the positive opportunity in absolutely everything. Everything's an opportunity for God to show himself strong. Oh, Pastor Jay, you're just too positive. You can't be too positive. You're just too negative. It's not just about being positive. It's about, you know what? The Word of God is going to take us through. God's Word is going to cause the victory to come. I want to encourage you to see things the way you've not seen them before. Stop fixing your eyes on the river and on the darkness and lift up your eyes and see the light. Lift up your eyes and see the healer exalted. Lift up your eyes and see the provider exalted. The Savior, the one who's forgiven, the one who redeems. We've, we've already heard it today. The one who's who prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Stop looking around your feet. Look at the table. God saw. Come on, just nudge someone. Say, take the higher ground. God hovered. God said. God saw. This is really important. So in verse 4, it says this, and God divided the light from the darkness. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. I, I, you know, I do need to be careful here, but we live in such a grey world. Such a grey world. 
you know, situation ethics, humanism. Absolutes, where have they gone? Do what you feel. And if you feel different tomorrow, do something different tomorrow. It doesn't matter. There's no truth. There's no absolutes. But the Bible's really clear. God divides. That's light. That's darkness. Can I just make this up? That's God. That's not. That's right. That's wrong. Oh, you can't tell somebody they're wrong anymore. Oh, no. Now, we're not out with... with the banners and the placards telling people they're wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But we've got to have a clarity and a conviction on the inside that we know that we know what is God's will and what is not God's will. We've got to know. on the, You see, your, conf, uh, your strength of your conviction on the inside is your place of faith. There's a guy who came to Jesus and said, oh, I don't know what your will is. I know you can heal me, but I don't know what you want to do. Jesus put that to bed straight away. He said, it is my will. You see, everywhere you've got a question, you cannot be in the place of faith. When you know God's will, that's your place of faith. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is it. When we know that we know that we know. Doesn't mean to say we haven't got the challenge or the fight, but we're not trying to compromise. Ah, but you know what? I know what God's will says, but my experience is this. So I'm going to bring down God's word to the level of my experience. Is that what we do? Absolutely not. That's what God's word says. I'm not changing that because that's truth. That's absolute. It's light. It's truth. It's God's word. It's spirit. The Bible says His word is like a sword that divides all this stuff up. It doesn't create a mush, it creates clarity. Clarity. If my life is doing something other than the Word of God, I'm not changing the Word to suit me. I'm changing me to suit the Word. I'm changing my life and bringing it into a place of conviction on the Word of God. God divided. He said, that's light, that's darkness. That's sickness, that's healing. That's abundant, that's lack. And there is no grey area in the middle. There's no grey area. Now we don't go around hammering people with this stuff, but we certainly have a faith on the inside that says, I know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free in Jesus' name. You don't know the truth, you won't live in freedom. When you know the truth, you'll live in freedom. It's a conviction, it's a clarity on the inside. God divided. So God hovered. God said, God saw, God divided. He divided the darkness from the light, the truth from the error. That's God, that's not God. That's God's will, that is not God's will. The Bible actually says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, what is a mature person? A mature person is someone who, who has got this sorted. What is God's will and what is contrary to divine law? That's what the Bible qualifies as a mature person. Not someone who knows how to pray, knows how to read their Bible. But they've got this sorted, that's kingdom, that's not. Because that's the place of power. That's the place of faith. That's the place of prophetic utterance and, and how we can break through.
And then finally, today as we close, God sets in order. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. I haven't got time to read it now, but then God said, let us make man in our image and that man is going to set everything in order and keep everything straight. And as I was thinking about this today, about the fact God wants us to be people on the rock, not in the place of instability. Those who speak, those who see, those who divide, those who have clarity. He wants us to be the answer for the world that we live in. He wants us to be the answer. He wants us to be the answer to the hurting people around us. We're His people. We're His occupying army. We are His outstretched arm. We're His hands. We're His feet. We're His voice. We're His love. We're His words. We're His joy. We're His light shining in the darkness. We're His voice in the earth. And I want to encourage us today. Live in the dominion that God's given you. Live in it. Walk in it. Get clarity on it. Oh, well, I don't know. Pastor Joe, I don't feel. No, come on. Get up on the rock. I refuse to allow the enemy into this situation. I'm going to put my foot on the neck. I'm going to stand. I'm going to love people. I'm going to pray. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to restore. Whatever it is that you need to do to get your life back on the rock. Fill your world with the presence and the power of God. Subdue the enemy under your feet. He'll be shouting at you, you underestimate my power. He's just all mouth and trousers. That's all he is. Just a big mouth. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. You know where he's prowling? Down there. He's not prowling up here. This is the place of conviction on the inside. Let's all stand to our feet today, shall we? Have you got anything out of that? Fantastic. Come on. Let's just close our eyes, shall we, for a little bit. Standing in the presence of God. If you want to lift your hands, that's a great thing to do. You don't have to. Do what you want, but... Come on, let's just open our, our hearts and our soul and mind up to the Spirit of God right now. Perhaps you feel like you're on that hovering board. Well, it's time for you to do an Obi-Wan and do that incredible somersault up onto the hard ground. You do it by faith. You say, right, those days of instability are gone. I'm taking the high ground right now. I'm taking it. I'm taking back what the enemy stole. I take the high ground in my mind. I'm setting my mind on the things and the promises of God, not on the fear, the fearful words of the enemy. I'm not going to let my emotions go all over the place and rule my life anymore. I'm going I'm to put myself on a stable place on the rock of God's presence right now. Thank you, God. Come on, these things are a decision. It's not just willpower. This is a decision we make in the promise and in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, today as we take the high ground, Lord, that's what we're born for. We're born for more. We're born for greatness. And Lord, we know that is found in the high place. Lord, your word says we will mount up with wings as an eagle. 
run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Father, we thank you, Lord, you've got stability and strength for each person here today. Lord, right now, I pray for new thoughts, new words, clarity of our conviction on the inside. Father, we thank you that we are in the place of victory right now. Thank you, Jesus. You're standing strong. Come on, put yourself right now, your feet firmly on that unshakable place. Thank you, God. We receive it today. We do it today. We believe it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, turn to someone, tell them I'm taking my high ground. I'm standing on the rock of God's word, sword in my hand, better than a lightsaber. Amen, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God some...